Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, welcome to the Promised Land, a show about Manchester United and part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. I'm Scott Saunders, joined as ever by Rob Blanchett. Rob, we don't have much to talk about today. Uh, not a lot going on. The World Cup's coming up and, you know, mm, nice nothing quiet happening. sail off into the sunset. Nothing happening at Manchester United. No news, no stories, no football, no anything. Oh, dear Scott. Here we go again, but maybe here we go again for the last time. No, I, I think we're well, we're, we'll do another show on Friday, Rob. Uh, obviously, you we are we are having a joke around there. Cristiano Ronaldo has done the most ex, the most explosive interview I think I might have ever seen for an employed footballer at a current club. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is just in, insanity. To be honest, uh, you know, we've only seen dribs and drabs of this as well. There's been a, a number of social media clips of the interview, which is set to drop on Wednesday and Thursday night this week with Piers Morgan. Uh, we've seen a few of those come out. Uh, little teaser clips. Fair play. Hell of an interview. <laughs> um, but we have to unpack it. And I'm sure we'll be unpacking it on Friday's show as well, Rob, because obviously... This has been done very deliberately to take over the news cycle for basically a week to put Man United's win over Fulham firmly on the back burner. Alejandro Garnacho's moment, match-winning moment against Fulham, firmly out of sight. And it's all about Cristiano again. Yes, welcome to the modern media where individuals can flex their muscle and basically do what they want and tell their story with no real truths, you know, you half truths in there and maybe their own feelings and their thoughts, but with a lack of facts. So, yeah, we've got no choice. We have to talk about Cristiano because that's what's happening. He's made it about him. He's deliberately turned this final game of Manchester United's Premier League cycle before a World Cup into the Cristiano Ronaldo show. Um, it's just as deliberate as I've ever seen. I've never seen a footballer, as you said there, a contracted player, do this to their employer, but also do this to their wider fan base. You know, do this to... This brings disrepute to the whole football club, doesn't it? From top to bottom. And of course, it will now need to be addressed both officially and unofficially. So we're the unofficial channels. We talk about this stuff. It's our job to talk about Man United. But officially, Manchester United are trying to work around this now and trying to find out what the next revelation will be because... As you said, I think on Friday's show, we will also be talking about it because there are there are exclusives and explosions planned for the whole of this week before the World Cup. And it's astonishing. It's astonishing that he decided that he thought it would be a good idea to do an interview with someone like Piers Morgan on that platform and get his side of the story out in that manner. Yeah, so Man United have released a statement on two on went on Monday, sorry, uh, regarding this interview and the snippets that we have so far seen. It's believed or reported that this was filmed last week, 
Uh, it's been pretty much established from a few media sources that it was last week when Ronaldo was ill. Uh, I'm putting two and two together there, but he's missed the last two games due to illness, according to reasons put forward by the club. Man United said, Manchester United notes the media coverage regarding an interview by Cristiano Ronaldo. The club will consider its response after the full facts have been established. Our focus remains on preparing for the second half of the season and continuing the momentum, belief and togetherness being built among the players, managers, staff and fans, which is the right approach, I think. Obviously, as we mentioned, the interview comes out in full later this week. I can imagine the club are thinking, oh my God, what is going to happen here? Because they haven't seen it either. And th- there is no choice. Like for, for, for starters, he's already said enough here to mean that this he, he's not going to play for the club again. That's pretty much solid, right? Yeah, completely. And I think that, you know, when we talk about employment contracts and, you know, duty of care of both players and clubs and what they're supposed to do, what they're not allowed to do, he has deliberately taken his contractual rights at Manchester United and publicly stamped on them, publicly. And this is why this is such an astonishing story. Because, yeah, players have gripes, don't they? And there are sometimes you see stuff around the club or on the pitch or in games. So, for instance, like Ronaldo walking off against Spurs. And visually, it's impactful, isn't it? But behind the scenes, you hope that people will calm it all down, work through it. You find someone, you move on. Manchester United could find Cristiano two weeks' wages for this, which would be a million quid. What is a million quid to someone who's worth almost a billion? It's nothing. So there's no point in doing that. And I think that Manchester United will now need to be strong. They need to, they'll need to take back their position as, as leaders of their own fate and show that they are in control of their own football club. Because there's always been that theory, isn't it, that major football players run Manchester United and have done for a long time. So Cristiano wanted a bit of that. That's why he came back. He wanted Man United to be his team, and he would score all the goals and take them back to the promised land, you know, trademark for us. But ultimately, that was never going to happen, not with the way Cristiano is now in terms of his own football. So I just think, you know, I think United are also very worried about what's going to come out in the next few days. And I think they should be, because I think we, we have no idea how hard Cristiano will shoot from the hip. We don't know. We know we've seen some of it and we know some of it. Well, he's already shot hard enough, hasn't he? Totally. Like that. This is the point. He's already burnt his bridges, isn't he? He's done it deliberately. He's done it because he wants to get out of the football club. He wants to be released. He wants to be sacked. And can you imagine having that on your CV, Scott, at the end of the day when he retires? Will he look back one day and think, I was sacked by Manchester United because of my big gob. Was that a good thing or a bad thing? Well, I suggest that I think he probably won't care, but that will be on his step. We stained on him forever. So this is what Cristiano is. We know what he is and we know why he's done it. Uh, I just think the fact that trying to take down the football club and everything with it at the same time, the way he's done it is ill-advised. Yes, there's some truths in what he said. Totally behind the scenes. We know this. We talk about this all the time. It's our job to talk about the Glazers. But I think ultimately... His timing is just so deliberate and pouring petrol on a situation that simply didn't need it. So today we'll be unpacking what we know so far. So Ronaldo has said the Glazer family don't care about Manchester United, which has seen that this was the one of the more recent ones. We're recording this on Tuesday morning. This was one of the more recent uh snippets of this interview to come out and it seemed to have 
turned the the swell around a little bit. Oh, Ronaldo, look, he, he's, cha- he's, he's going for it. He's taking down the Glazers. He really cares about the club. Well, you know, it, think about how much is self, self-interest self in this. It's, this isn't really about the club. This is about self-interest. This is about Ronaldo getting out of the club for himself. He's been trying to get out for months. He also said uh, he took a swipe at Gary Neville over easy criticism. Uh, we await Gary Neville's uh, response to this. He said Man United did not believe him about his daughter's illness in the summer, and that's why he was not on the preseason tour. He has also said that he doesn't respect Eric Ten Hag, and he's been betrayed by Manchester United, which was enough. <clears throat> that was it. That, that was yeah. one of the first things that came out, and that was pretty much the nail in the coffin. That was the final straw, and now we just wait and see how big this mess is. But, Rob, I... I've been thinking about like what my take is from all of this over the past few days, because obviously we've had a bit of time to digest it, even though stuff keeps getting piled on top. I think this is the absolute best ha- best thing that could have happened. Honestly, there is what Ronaldo has done here, whether it's in self-interest or love, of the cl- love for the club or not, whichever way you think he's thinking about this. I'm in the former camp, by the way. He has, first off, Removed himself from the team, given all the power to Eric Ten Hag by saying he doesn't respect him. He's never going to play for United again. That's a problem solved. He has then also taken down the Glazer family, or not taken them down, but fired shots at the Glazer family while under contract, which aligns with what the fans have been saying for 10, 15 more years. And in the wake of Liverpool getting sold, or in the process of being sold, or bought into, this might rock... I really think this could be a potentially, I might be going a little bit ahead of my time here, but I think this could be a fork in the road. This could be a moment of change. If I'm being optimistic, I think this is, is this the final chapter before, the final chapter on the way down before we go back up, if you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, look, we we kind of play Nostradamus in football all the time, don't we? We try and add it all together and, and make predictions for the future and, and to kind of see, you know, the vision of our football clubs and football in general. So I'm with you with that. Like, I, I think when you look at Cristiano, like, he's very calculated and clever to drag this debate to the doorstep of the Glazers. And the things that he said, as we said, are, are not untrue. Do, do we believe that the Glazers care, like inadverted commas about Manchester United no of course they don't care about Manchester United it's a business it's on their portfolio and what they care about is profit and loss they are businessmen we know this we know that if United don't win a trophy they don't hurt we know that's the that's exactly how things are but Cristiano is deliberately twisting the debate because if he felt that he was going to get picked every week Scott and that he would lead this team Cristiano Ronaldo would not be saying a damn word, yeah? He'd be out on the football pitch proving it on the pitch, wouldn't he? He'd be saying, well, I'm still the GOAT, give me the ball, and look, I scored 40 goals last year, I'm still the greatest player of all time. He does it with the 20 goals last year. You know, I scored 20 last year. Well, you helped the team come sixth, mate, yeah? And you were a big part of that. So I I think this is the whole thing, is that unfortunately, and especially the way social media is, 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 is made and pushed forward, algorithms and whatnot it's going to be a lot of United fans now backing Ronaldo because Ronaldo has deliberately started a civil war at Manchester United with the fan base he's done it deliberately for his own means and he's done that because he wants to leave the club 
But he's going to leave the club on fire, isn't he? He's going to leave all of this burning. So when he goes to the World Cup, and we'll talk a little bit about the little video that's come out with uh, him and Bruno Fernandes. We'll talk about that because I think that's that's real. And we saw that and that was really interesting. But uh, I think the whole thing is that he's gone into this World Cup preparing for Portugal for you know a decent chance of having success there in Qatar. And he's burnt that as well, hasn't he, before he's got there? Can you stuff. imagine the questions that they're going to be getting all week? Uh, I, I, I can't believe it. Like I, I've worked with the Portuguese FA in the past, centrally, for around the last World Cup. And I think they will be absolutely mortified that all of their plans for this World Cup have just gone up in smoke because one guy decided that he wants to do an interview on a tabloid channel. And that's really what it comes down to. So I, I, I cannot believe, and I think the players as well, the Portuguese players might now suddenly think, hang on, this guy's gone one step too far. Because that's how I think we all feel about it, isn't it? It's not that he's, what he's saying is, is wrong, but it's why he's saying it and how he said it. Um, it stinks to high heaven, Scott. The whole thing stinks. And it's just coming from one guy and it's him. How do you think... Well, obviously, I don't know how long this is going to take. United obviously have to look at their legal rights uh, over yeah. the over the next few days. I would. My presumption is that he will. His contract will not exist at some point in the next five weeks. I don't know, but whatever happens, he cannot come back. He cannot be reintroduced to this squad. No. And the quicker that United can sort this out and rid themselves of this player the better, the, the earlier they can move on. Um, how do you, I, I don't know, shall I ask you, what do you, th- what do you expect to happen now? Because there is no coming back from this, I guess. There's no coming back for it. And you're right. Like United have to work out the legality of it. You know, like, is this gross misconduct? Is this Ronaldo, as I said, basically stamping on his, his, his commitments to Manchester United, the contractual commitments, not the ones of having to turn up and play football, Scott, and play well. That, that's not a contractual commitment. That's just a thing that's part of it. You know, it's part of his, his, uh, his uh, career of being a footballer. But when you're such a high-profile character like Ronaldo, there is all sorts of legal loopholes and stuff that you have to jump through when you speak publicly. So this is why... Footballers quite like social media because it gives them a little bit of space, like they can say some things off the cuff and be a little bit more spontaneous. But if you decide to call in sick, yeah, and then disappear to a studio to sit with uh, Piers Morgan when you should be on duty with the team, what does that mean? That is gross misconduct, isn't it? So, like, I think this is kind of where it will go. And I think United in general, being a conservative football club, would generally like to just calm it all down and sort it out. But the second that you've told the world that you don't respect Eric Ten Hag, that's just that's disgraceful coming from a 37-year-old man in the workplace, isn't it? Like, if you've got that problem, then deal with it privately. But he wants to deal with it publicly because he wants to get what he wants, and that's to get away from the football club. So I think he'll get that wish. I think that is what will happen next. And the initial reaction from the United camp, what we hear on the ground is that the players are furious. They're absolutely furious. The dressing room is really unhappy because they feel that they're united behind the manager and the manager's helping them and the manager's... Like, this is a set of players that a year ago, and less than a year ago, were questioned by the whole world that they were absolute garbage, that they'd got rid of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, that they were awful footballers and they had to go. And he's taken a load of those players and pushed them back up a little bit, giving them some more confidence, added new blood, made it fresher. What's happened? You've got the old relic at the football club 
basically burning it down because she doesn't like it. And I think this is going to run and run. This is the problem because I think there'll be a lot more reaction to this. Yeah. And the players themselves are now going to World Cups and they know the first time they sit their bum on a seat, what are we as journalists going to ask them? They know it. They know it's coming. So I feel I'm you know, kind of sorry for them. But at the same time, it has to be dealt with now because Cristiano has made it an issue. There's a massive lack of self-awareness in this though, isn't it? Like you look at how he's addressed Eric Ten Hag and he's addressed the Glazer. I'll take the Glazer family quote, for mm. example. The owners of the club, the Glazers, they don't care about the club. As you know, Manchester is a marketing club. They get their money from marketing sports. They don't really care, in my opinion. And hello? <laughs> you you are literally, you are the player that is, that signifies that. Yeah. And there's so much to unpack here. I just can't get my head around it, to be honest. It's just, I can't get over it, Rob. If Cristiano had no commercial value, there was absolutely no way Manchester United would have touched him. Absolutely no way. And, you know, one of the things that he's kind of said as well in the interview of the back of the Glazers is that he's never met them and blah, 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 all that kind of rhetoric. And we know that he has. We know he's met Joel Glazer. So I think the whole point of this is, is that, yeah, he's totally right in the sense that the Glazers don't run the football club day to day. You know, they live in Florida and they have their interests out there. They're more involved with their NFL franchise. But they very much are in control of Manchester United. That's what they do. They want, they, they're the business runners. And Cristiano, when you talk about commercialism, is the absolute shining light of the modern footballer that exploits that. As I talked before extensively about his billion dollar deal with Nike, a lifetime deal that he will still have even when he doesn't play football anymore. You know, he is the Instagram footballer, isn't he? That's what he is. So to kind of say it in that flippant way, in the way that he's done it, on again with Piers Morgan, it says a lot about him, doesn't it? Because this is all a power play. This is all about Ronaldo feeling that he's Ronaldo still. You just said their lack of awareness. And that's been put to me a lot in the last 24 hours. And the more I think about it, the more I think it's actually just ignorance. That's what I think it is. So I'm going to hurt everyone in this process. But because I'm ignorant, I just don't care. So I'm all right with it. And I think that's where Ronaldo's position is. He's totally aware of who he is and the power he has over the football world. And he knows the news cycle belongs to him now. It's in his pocket. That belongs to him. But do you want that as a, as a sportsman? You know, is that what you want going into a World Cup where you're trying to prove yourself? No. I think Cristiano knows he's finished. This yeah, is the act. Absolutely. Yeah. This is the act of a man who knows he's finished in his sport and he's starting to open up his next avenues, which will probably be the Ronaldo show, isn't it? There will be someone that picks up Ronaldo TV. It will happen in the future. Uh, and this is kind of the start of the sensationalism and he's feeding that. And he thinks that to mend things, that you burn them all down and start again. Well, I think maybe the start of that is that Manchester United need to burn down their relationship with Cristiano Ronaldo because he's the one who's orchestrated that. And we just don't need it at the football club, do we, Scott? We just do not need individuals like that in our football team. I did see a tweet. I can't remember exactly who it was who tweeted it, but it was suggested that Cristiano Ronaldo used to do all of his talking on the pitch and now he is he's fallen so far that he can only do his talking off the pitch. What, two, three goals this season? Uh, yeah, the performances have been below par for him. Like when you see him running at Old Trafford, like running after a ball physically, and you watch him and you go, Yeah, that's a guy in his mid 30s. That's not the guy we knew 
that's not the teenager. That's not the guy in the 20s who was winning everything at Real Madrid. This is an older version. But I think up here, even though he knows that, and I'm pointing to my brain here for people who are listening on Spotify, when he's up here, he thinks that he's still the godhead because he's told it. He believe, he wants to believe that. And the thing is, on a football pitch, yeah, I think he'll go to the World Cup, Scott, and score goals. I really do, because that's what he is. Someone will put the ball on a plate from he'll bury it and he'll go, look, Sue, he'll do his thing one last time. And everyone goes, oh, great. Well, well done. Well done, Cristiano. But I think the real, the real talk is that we just do not need toxicity like Cristiano Ronaldo at Manchester United. There's all sorts of things around Cristiano that we could talk about to drag the conversation into a more toxic aspect. We don't need to do that. It's the same way that I think Eric Ten Hag doesn't need to come out now and make some great big grand statement around it. He can just stay quiet. He runs the football club and he can say to Cristiano Ronaldo, you're in breach of contract. We're going to uh, rip your contract up for that and you can leave. Thank you very much. You've done me a favour. I totally agree with you, Scott. I think he's done Manchester United, Manchester United fans and Eric Ten Hag and the players a great big kind of present delivered to their doorstep because it's going to be a problem that we no longer have to deal with. I, I compared it to the Paul Pogba issues. Is that I don't think all of that was Paul Pogba's fault at all, but it's just nice not to have to deal with it every day of the week, that toxicity. And with Cristiano, I think it's the same thing. Let's see how the players react because some of them I think might speak out in the next week or two. Most of them will, will not. I think United will direct them not to, but one of them will be, you know, there'll be a slip to social media post, someone liking something, saying that Cristiano's are this, that or the other. <laughs> Remember when Harry Maguire did that, obviously, in the summer, because they do make these mistakes quite deliberately sometimes. And let's just see what they have to say, because, as we said, we saw that video just before we went live here um, with Bruno shaking his hand in the uh, in the dressing room for Portugal. And uh, it's a bit frosty, wasn't it? We'll get to that in a second. Uh, I, I did just want to circle back to the lack of self-awareness slash ignorance mm. line and bring in Eric Ten Hag because he's obviously earlier on, I, I quoted Ronaldo for him saying, United are a marketing club, the Glazers don't care. Mm. And in another example of that, he says, I don't respect, I don't have respect for him, Eric Ten Hag, because he doesn't show respect for me. If you have respect for me, I'm never going to have respect for you. Now, I don't really understand where this has come from because I think obviously I, I see what happens on the outside and we get tidbits of information about what's happening on the inside. But Eric Ten Hag has played a blinder, absolutely played a blinder here. And if Ronaldo thinks that the club, obviously I, I, I agree with him in, in aspects of United, are the Glazers are there to just market the club and make a bunch of money and take bunch, a bunch of money out. But the fact that he doesn't understand that he's speaking at a time where United are on an upward trend. And I think it's pretty obvious. Like I think for me, I feel like this is the most natural signs of an upward trend and coming out of the hole that they've been in for the past 10 years. And he doesn't realize that he is part, he is basically that problem embodied in the team and mm -hmm. he's not playing games. And he doesn't seem to understand that, Oh, I need to move on and not play games for this club to be better. Yeah. But we live in an age, don't we, of fake news. And it's where, because of the way that social media operates and the way that individuals operate within that media system, someone like Cristiano can literally change the narrative around these things. So the narrative has been, we're watching you play football, Cristiano, you're not very good anymore. That's truth. You know, it's, it's in his stats. 
It's, you know, it's in his goal returns. It's in the way that he contributes. So what can you do as an individual to, to change that? Well, you can either prove everyone wrong and score goals and play really well and take that <clears throat> in a sporting direction, or you can take target individuals like Eric Ten Hag, like a manager. And Cristiano has been used to it his whole career of being bigger than the manager at the football club. That's what he's used to. He was, even going back to Real Madrid days with people like Zinedine Zidane, there was always like a parity there in the eyes of Real Madrid is that Cristiano's our superstar. Zinedine Zidane is obviously part of that Galactico uh, heritage, but who's the more powerful? And eventually Cristiano got moved out for those reasons because it was like, well, we can't go forward with him. He went to Juventus and when he was at Juventus, Lots of people I work with in Italy said the same things, is that he brings a kind of toxicity to your dressing room and that players don't like it and managers don't like it. What did he do there? He attacked people. So all he is actually doing is the same things that he always does, but he's just doing it, I think, in a more flagrant manner. He's doing it in a way now that it's it's undeniable what he's trying to do. And I said this as well. I think like in years to come, he will still play this card back and go, well, I did it because I didn't like the Glazers. And we absolutely know this has got nothing to do about his feelings of ownership. It does not. It's got nothing to do with it. This is about him wanting to get his last payday somewhere and getting out of his Manchester United contract. He's been up on a free transfer for 12 months. Yeah, the deal was that if someone took his wages and took all the finances around it, that he could go. He did not find a football club that will take him that's the truth and Manchester United rightfully didn't say well we don't want to send you out on loan because that was another idea and we don't want to be part of your contract at that we'd we'd rather you just went or you stay with us and if you stay you play for the manager don't you and I, I agree with you I think with Eric Ten Hag I, I love what Eric's done around this because I think he's been firm but sure he's communicated his thoughts and it was only last week before Fulham where he did the interview and he said things like, you know, I enjoy working with Cristiano. You know, I want Cristiano to do well for my team. And one of the things he did say, which hasn't been highlighted much, is he said, but you can't live off the past. Mm-hmm. I remember. He that. said, you can't have past glories and think that that matters today because it doesn't matter today. And he's right, because we're not judging him by what he did at Ajax, are we? We're not judging Ten Hag for that. We're judging him by what we see now. And that's the same with Cristiano and all the players. So uh, I think that Eric Ten Hag still needs to play that stoic figure, carry on with that, be who he is. And, and if anything, I think, Scott, kind of makes us back him more. Like, I think he will oh, feel absolutely. that... I think the fan base, you know, like if there was a football match tomorrow, yeah, if there was a Man United match tomorrow, the Stretford end would be sending evils towards Cristiano. Yeah, they would be. They would be absolutely booing him and they would be singing Eric Ten Hag's name from the rafters. That's the truth. That's that is reality. And you can spin it with fake news as much as you like. But the reality is that Manchester United fans will be back in the manager over the player. I did a poll on Twitter. At the moment, it stands at 90 percent back Eric Ten Hag, 10 percent back Ronaldo. I think that's an accurate reflection of how the public feel. Good going for Twitter as well. Fair play. <laughs> <laughs> the Ronaldo fan club, which exists on Twitter. Uh, Eric Ten Hag made him captain last week against Aston Villa. I think, honestly, this is the... In terms of Eric Ten Hag and his... Not struggle for power, because I think he's pretty much established himself and what he wanted even before he was hired. I don't think he would have joined United if he hadn't have got the the clout that he wanted in order to mm-hmm. change things. Yeah. He's dealt with this brilliantly, I think. He's identified that United have a 37-year-old footballer 
who is not what he used to be, who cannot live with the high energy, high demand game, which Eric Ten Hag demands. United played, they weren't great at Fulham the other day, but there were little signs in Anthony Martial. They, they've created more chances, I think, more clear cut chances than they would have done with Ronaldo in the team. Of course, there's no real proof in that. It's just how I how I took mm. it as a fan. But he he said, I felt betrayed. I honestly shouldn't say that. I don't know, but listen, I don't care. People should listen to the truth. I feel betrayed and I feel that some people, don't, they don't want me here at United, not only this year, but last year too. Going back to... Yeah. <laughs> he, he didn't name check you, Rob, but uh, you know. I know. I know. I hate it when he doesn't do that. God. <laughs> uh, but th- I, I can't really get over it because he, he's... He's spoken about Ralph Rannick as well. Yeah. Uh, which is which is insane. If you're not even a coach, how are you going to be the boss of Manchester United? I'd never even heard of him. That it's crazy. But the I, what I don't understand is how are you not realizing that you're the problem and that Man United are starting to move forward by addressing that you're you need to leave or you need to be phased out, or you at 37 shouldn't be playing 90 minutes every single game. Yeah, like we talk about, you know, in football about whether things are personal or not. And I think like our audience and football fans in general sometimes think we have vendettas and we have, you know, agendas. That's a classic word for Twitter, isn't it? Oh, you have an agenda, you have an agenda. Well, there's no agenda. We're trying to call it as we see it in football terms. And what Cristiano can't take is that all of these things that have been said about his game are about the sport of football. They're not about him. It's about the actual game and what we're seeing. We would all love it if Cristiano was what he used to be on a football pitch. I said as well yesterday, I think that um, that you know, if Cristiano was the player that he once was, you know, like he defied gravity and age and he could do all those things, you would accept a lot more of the stuff that comes out of his mouth. You'd kind of just go, well, he scores lots of goals. Let's just get on with it. And so would Eric Ten Hag. Eric Ten Hag would see value in that. I think what we've seen is that Eric Ten Hag, you just said there about making him captain. It now, in retrospect, looks like a genius masterstroke mm-hmm. because the, the, the first time Eric Ten Hag has to sit down and talk about this publicly, he will just say to all of us, I made him captain. Is that Would I have made him captain if I hate him? Would I have made him captain if I don't respect him? You know, there's a million words on paper and on record of him basically saying how great Cristiano thinks Cristiano is the greatest player of all time. And he's done that deliberately also to put his position clear because he knows things like this are there in the background bubbling away. Yeah, Cristiano disagrees with him, but that's not disrespect, is it? If a manager says, I want you to do this, but you can't do it or don't want to do it, that isn't disrespect. That should be told to do your job properly. (laughs) So I think this is the thing with Cristiano and this is why... I think this is why with him going out of the football club now and, and almost writing himself out of Manchester United history, because I think that's what he's trying to do here, or he doesn't realise that's what is going to happen. It's going to be a lot of fans now that look at him very differently going forward, where they might have loved him in years to come, but they'll always look back at this moment in time and say, yeah, you didn't like the Glazers, you said that, we don't like the Glazers, but ultimately you did it for this reason. And I don't think football fans are stupid. That's why I said with that Twitter poll, 90%, Siding with Ten Hag, it's always the minority that are the loudest, Scott, on Twitter. That 10% that will just tweet and tweet and make fake count accounts. And now they can buy their verification. I've seen that Ronaldo fans buying verification with ticks, sending us all sorts of bump. And all they're saying is the same rubbish that Cristiano's saying. That's all they are. They're a mouthpiece, an echo chamber. So 
that's where we stand with it. And I just think with with, with Ronaldo, he is he he is a he's has a big enough ego and enough money to not care who he hurts, and that's kind of where we stand with it. Bruno Fernandez then uh, met up with Cristiano Ronaldo on international duty for Portugal. Did this moment embody how the players feel? If you haven't seen the clip, you can find it on Twitter, by the way. Uh, just just type in Bruno Ronaldo. You must see the clip. So like, I, I've only just seen the clip before we recorded. And it is, it's, it's the perfect 10-second segment, isn't it? It's the perfect 10-second segment. So we'll just describe it. So Cristiano's there in the changing room getting ready to go out, I guess, training. And Bruno comes along and stands next to him. And Cristiano goes for the camera, hand out like this. And Bruno comes along, shakes his hand, but kind of turns away and says something. And Ronaldo's face just pops like... And then Bruno kind of walks off and talks to other people. You don't need to know what Bruno was saying, but we do absolutely know that the senior players and the squad at Manchester United are furious about this. And in that 10-second clip, I think it kind of showed that here's this guy, you know, your countryman, who has supported you a lot at the football club. Bruno's been the person that's come out and talked about Ronaldo and said how great he is and all of this. And yet, Ronaldo buried Bruno, didn't he? And the rest of the team. I think Bruno Fernandes might have his feelings hurt a little bit. We know Bruno's quite a uh, outward emotional character, isn't it? He stands in front of the camera. He, he talked about Qatar the other day and he's done things that other players so far haven't before a World Cup. He might be the one, I think, that comes out and talks about Cristiano. But I do think the Manchester United, we're saying to all the players at the moment, keep it stum, keep it quiet. But in that 10 seconds, we saw exactly what Bruno Fernandes thought. So... Anything else you want to you want to unpick from this? Because Rob, we're going to do another show about this on Friday. Uh, but what's your gut feeling? Is there anything you want to add uh, from the stuff that you've seen so far? What's your gut feeling that might happen over the next few days? Well, let's end the show talking like fans because I think that's really important. It's, it's fine talking about like journalists because we're part of that media cycle and we know how it all works. But let's talk about as as a football fan. As a football fan. In complete isolation, I am disgusted with Cristiano Ronaldo. Completely disgusted that when this team is working so hard under this manager, trying to find its way back to where it should be or wants to be, and that these individual players of like 26, 27 of them in the squad are fighting and singing from the, the same song sheet, finally, after such a long period of time, that this one guy thinks that he is bigger than the club. And I, I again, publicly said that. And people were like, oh, but he doesn't think he's, he's bigger than the club because he's not talking about it like that. He absolutely is. He knows what he's doing. And he's trying to destroy the current regime at Manchester United. Now, I don't mean the Glazers. I'm talking about Eric Ten Hag. He wants to destabilise them. That's what he's doing. And to say that you don't respect a man that has backed you publicly since day one. Now, I remember the first question we asked Eric and said to him, what do you think about Ronaldo? Because we were all wondering if he was going to go, mm, not too keen on Ronaldo. He showed respect to Ronaldo publicly from the beginning. Yeah. And he was like, you know, Cristiano's a great player. You know, he's, he, he scores goals. He does this. He does the other, you know, generational talent, greatest player of all time. And for Cristiano to do that publicly on that forum as a fan, I think it's disgusting. I really do think it's disgusting. And I do think that that the ramifications for this, for him, 
will be long and winding and they will last permanently. And the damage he's doing to his legacy is his choice. But it's always going to be Cristiano did this as a player. But do you remember at the end of his career when he sat down with Piers Morgan? Because that kind of media never dies, Scott. It's there forever. It's people can click on it on YouTube forever. It's there now. So there's more to come. We'll talk about it more in our next show as well. But I don't know what you think, Scott, as a fan. What do you let's, think? Let's, um, let's talk about legacy, actually. I, I did want to bring that up. Hmm. For me, it obviously, when Ronaldo did come back, there was always these warning signs that we'd, we'd known about how it had gone down at Juventus. But obviously, there was a part of me that never thought he would end up returning. Uh, yeah. I, that was my that was the way that I felt about it for for several years. I didn't think United would be able to pull it off. Um, I was caught up in the fanfare of him coming back, but I think about his legacy. Uh, I've not felt the same way about Ronaldo in this spell compared to the last. I mean, if I, I pick a moment where it changed and I talk about legacy, I, I would not put Ronaldo among. He's been one of the greatest players, but in terms of favorite sons, favorite players, uh, I don't think he's in that mix. And the, the moment it changed for me was, I remember he did a, an interview on the pitch in Moscow and he was asked about Real Madrid. And he gave, he rolled out the line of, well, in the future, you never know, only God knows. Mm. And that was not the moment to say that. No. That was not the moment to put the wheels in motion that you wanted to leave. You could do it behind the scenes. And I know that Sir Alex Ferguson at that point had, he obviously knew Ronaldo wanted to go on this, uh, go and join Real Madrid at some point. He managed, they managed to convince him to stay for another year before selling him. Mm. But that was the moment it changed for me. Now I've not seen, I've not felt the same way over the past few years. I understand that he's been one of the greatest players of all time for exploits that, that he'd managed at Real Madrid uh, for that season in 2007, eight, and the, and the season after, where he put up a like plundered a number of goals, but you know it's it's never been the same for me since that moment. So I, I mean, ultimately, I look you should look at Ronaldo as what can he do for the team now, and that's how I've looked at him for the majority since that initial excitement phase of him rejoining uh, wore off a little bit. But the best thing to do now is fix this as soon as possible because I think this will only empower... Once this is resolved, and I think it needs to be resolved as soon as possible, something needs to be decided and probably put out of the backs of these players' minds so they can come back just before Christmas or you know into uh, the, the period after Christmas and focus without Cristiano Ronaldo and move forward. Yeah, I think as well, when you're in any organisation or any business, when these kind of things happen, when, you know, disrepute happens and discipline issues happen, I've always thought that the most important thing is to is to make an example of it at that moment of time and dig your heels in hard, really dig your heels in and say, whoever you are, you know, whatever your legacy is, you know, however much you've given to this business over time, doesn't matter. What happens is what matters is now what you are doing today and hopefully tomorrow. And you want those things to always be positive, but they're not, they aren't always. So like you were just saying about legacy and when you felt it, I've I, I stated this a lot in the past because I get asked the same questions regularly about 
players in general and how you feel about them. Quite often people say to me, do you like, you know, the, the class of 92, you must love those guys because of everything they gave you, you know, and, you know, when Paul Scholes says something silly on TV or Roy Keane says something on Tilly, how do you feel about it? Because, you know, you must love those guys. No, not, not at all. I love Manchester United. That's my football club. And there's only two players in the history of Manchester United that I've ever seen that have my heart unconditionally. And that's Brian Robson, because he carried the club for 10 years on his own when things were bad and he could have gone to a bigger club. But he stayed at United and carried the team. And the other player is Eric Cantona, because Eric Cantona took us from being maybes and ifs and buts and made us relevant again and champions. Those two players had a big enough personality and sound you know, soundness of mind to understand their place in it all. Cristiano Ronaldo, like a lot of players, don't understand that. I can go back and think and say David Beckham didn't really understand that when he left the football club. Yap Stam, when he did, decided to do a, a great big autobiography about stuff he shouldn't be talking about, didn't understand it. Ruud van Nistelrooy, when he shouted at players, didn't understand. Rick Keane did not understand it when he went on MUTV and slagged off his own teammates. You can't stand for any of it. It doesn't matter what you do. So I think Cristiano, all of those things I've just mentioned, Cristiano's moment here in the sun, and I mean that metaphorically and also in the actual newspaper, his moment in the sun here is going to catastrophize his history at Manchester United. People will remember this over a lot of those moments. I was there in Moscow, Scott, and I remember him crying on the pitch and we were all crying and it was a great moment. But why was he but, crying? Because he but, won. Yeah, and do you know why he was crying, <laughs> Scott? The reason why he was crying is because he nearly made a mess of it and his teammates saved him. Yeah. That was why that day we said that. We looked at him and we went, he's crying because he got away with one. He knows he did because he didn't quite get United over the line because he wanted it to be about him. And that's why he was on his knees crying when everyone else was celebrating because he was relieved. But that's history, isn't it? And the thing is, we remember that as not the Ronaldo final. We remember that as a, a great moment for Manchester United as a football club. And that's important, I think, to us, is that we remember history correctly. And that, yeah, he did well for us. He wore the number seven. He had a good run when he when he finally broke through and showed what he could do. But let's be honest, he's a real Madrid legend. He's not a Man United legend. He's just played for us twice. That's the truth. And his second spell is going to be remembered for all the wrong reasons. Rob, we'll see you Friday for another episode of... <laughs> Cristiano Ronaldo. Signing off. <laughs> Signing off. Uh, yeah, you can subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts on Apple, Google, Spotify, etc. I realize I didn't do this at the top of the show. Uh, catch us on YouTube on Tuesdays and Fridays twice a week as well. The World Cup is coming, so we might have a bit of a break. But I think if this, uh, you know, Rob, we'll, we'll, we'll talk and we'll, we'll arrange. Uh, head over to the YouTube channel, hit the like button, subscribe, join the community as well. And the link should be in the description of this episode if you're listening on one of those audio platforms. And follow us on Twitter for more Ronaldo takes, I'm sure. Um, at underscore Scott Saunders, at underscore Rob underscore B, and at Promise and MU for the show. Uh, Rob, thanks very much. Any final thoughts? You've done it, Cristiano. You've got what you wanted. The spotlight is back on you and we're talking about you once again. But I think at the end of the day, you know, if this is the legacy you want to create, so be it on your head. Thanks very much, everyone. Let us know what you think. We await more little dribs and drabs of this interview. And the interview does come out on Wednesday night and Thursday night. So by the time Friday rolls around, we might have had enough time to 
not fully digest, but fully take in everything that has been said. We probably won't know how the club are going to deal with this until maybe next week, I would think, at the very earliest. Uh, but, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo has done it again, but this time off the pitch. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll catch you very soon for more The Promised Land.